can do her. This is hard for me to stand up here and do this. You pray for me as I try to do something that is good for you. This is a sort of kind of a, what do you call it, a, a testimony. It's also what caused me to believe in salvation by grace. So if you would, I want you to open to Ephesians chapter 2. This is familiar verses, but I want to read it anyway. <coughs> eight, eight and nine. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that God is it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should both. Now, a lot of churches when I was young and now today, you have to say a prayer, you have to get up and do all these things to be saved. But that's not what Jesus said. He said you had to believe in him. I was taught this and when I was, I met my wife and I had no desire to step my foot in a Baptist church because I was raised as a Pentecostal and I wasn't a very faithful member of that religion. I was thankful when she brought me here and I started reading my Bible and in Acts chapter 9, I was reading the book of Acts and uh, so most of us know this story, but I'm going to read it anyway. <coughs> Chapter 9, starting in verse 1, this is what caused me to realize that the doctrine of grace was not something stupid enough. I found out that it wasn't nothing that I ever did to be saved, that it was all of the Lord. <coughs> and so, yet, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest <clears throat> and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way whether they were men or women he might bring them down unto Jerusalem <clears throat> and as he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven and he fell to earth and he heard a voice saying unto him and you know, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, uh, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. The men which journeyed with them stood speechless, hearing a voice that seemed no man. And Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him, said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here. 
And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one Saul of Tarsus. <coughs> for behold, he prayed, and had seen in a vision a man named Ananias is coming in and putting his hand on him, <coughs> that he might receive his sight. <coughs> and uh, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And there he had authority from the chief priest to bind all that called on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. <coughs> That's a lot there, but there's a lot to think about there. <coughs> Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul, uh, he had no desire. He wasn't looking for Jesus. He wasn't looking for any, anything. He was looking for those who were for Jesus. He was going to do whatever he could, put him in prison, kill him, whatever it took to get him to pay attention in that name. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but what happened? The Lord showed him what he was, and, which was a sinner. In those, in those days, the Pharisees thought that they were all righteous and they were not sinners. They couldn't sin, but everybody else that didn't do like them were sinners. Well, Paul found out that he was a sinner and uh, he was saved. It wasn't because of anything he did. The Lord saved him right there to do his work. It says he's going to show him all the things he suffered for, for, his, for the Lord's name. And, and uh, Paul became a a great preacher and, and teacher of, for the Lord. Standing up, he suffered many uh, <clears throat> many trials. He was stoned, left for dead. A lot of different things are any of us willing to, <coughs> to give, put our life on the line for the Lord. I don't think we have missionaries that are. A lot of us are not. We just come in here and, and uh, listen and Go home. As we were in our Sunday school lesson this morning. Uh, in Second uh, Timothy one nine, it says that uh, I'm going to read the eighth verse here. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. <coughs> of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So that tells us there there's nothing we did for our salvation. He saved us with a holy calling. And we're, uh, we come to Christ because the Father draws us and whoever the Lord gives to him, we, won't, we can't be plucked out of his hand. That's the that scriptures that I didn't look up. But it's there. I looked it up and if I'm wrong, 
He saved us according to his purpose and his grace. And in Ephesians uh, chapter or verse 10 of the what I read just a minute ago. Why were why are we saved? We are saved. I lose my place. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we're not just saved, as Brother Ben said this morning, we're not saved to sit on these pews. We don't do anything to be saved, and that when we come to the realization of our salvation, we are up to uh, be a workman for, for Christ. Thank you. 